0: Well, we've been in a series for some time um, called The Power of Words, and all those previous messages are available online, on YouTube, on our website, uh, on the podcast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if you missed those. Uh, Well, we're going to continue in that this morning. I think we're getting close to wrapping this up. But uh, Proverbs 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And like we said, I mean, when we talk about a life and death um, situation, that means it's important, right? Well, the Bible's saying our words are important. You can't get much important than death and life. In other words, what we say actually produces death, or life in our lives. Matthew 12, verse uh, 37, we've gone over some of these verses, just going to fly over some of these. We've talked in detail about some of them. Matthew 12, verse 37 says, For by your words, this is Jesus speaking, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Notice it says, by your words you will be justified, and your words you'll be condemned. You know, uh, we don't, most of us don't appreciate when somebody says something negative about us, but that's not what's going to go in our lives. Our words are going to go. What we say and what we believe, that's what's going to go. And so don't ever let somebody else's words affect you and don't think you're bound by what somebody else says and don't get nervous about it. Um, What we say and what we believe is what's going to go. And that's important. Jesus said, you're going to be justified or you're going to be condemned. I mean, that's That's a, uh, that can be a humbling thought. You know, I I know there's every, and we've talked about this, we're not going to go into, but I know there's every one of us that have said words that we wish we could take back. I don't need a show of hands. I know every person, if you're human, if you're breathing, if you understand what I'm saying, that's true. Um, But we can't do anything about the past, but we can do something about where we're going. And, you know, we can produce death or life in the people around us by what we say and in our lives, what we say, what we say about ourselves and what we're saying, you know, words aren't just, we're talking about the spoken word, but you know, words are formed in your mind and they come out of your heart. Jesus said, you know, out of the abundance of the the mouth or the heart, the mouth speaks Uh, what we say to ourselves matters, you know, what, what's going on in a loop in our head if it's negative or positive is going to affect what we do what we're able to do any given day what we're where we're going and it's so important but you know even if something is banging on your head some some thought is uh pushing on you if you if you'll speak out loud and say what god says out loud that'll stop it in your head because when you speak something out loud, it, you're you're hearing it and you're articulating it, and so if nothing else, if a thought is pressing on you, pushing on you, and you know you're just having pressure uh, concerning that, you know worry, anxiety, whatever we've all we've all experienced it, it pressure to say the wrong thing. If just if you if you'll right in the face of that, say what God said. No, I'm going over. God is faithful. You know you have thought no, He's not going to come through. No, God is faithful. He is faithful, and He's faithful to me. He's faithful to my family. And you speak it right in the face of those uh, those thoughts and those uh, that pressure. That's what's going to go in our life, and that we have the power to do. Let's look at James 3, verse 1. We read this several times, but just uh, <clears throat> for the sake of those... That weren't worth with us for previous messages and just kind of get moving into the, the right direction for this morning. Uh, let's read this. James 3 verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. This is really profound. Jesus is or James is actually saying you know the spirit of God is prompting it prompting him to say it so this is God's words it says if if anyone does not stumble in word he is a perfect man that means he's a mature man a complete man also or able also to bridle the whole body in other words if you can control your mouth you can control everything about your life you can where you're going and that that's I don't think most people on the planet believe that, but it's the Bible and we're reading a lot of scripture concerning it. Um, The next verse says, indeed, we put bits in horse's mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. In other words, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I've been on a horse. I think probably I can count it on one hand how many times I've been on a horse in my life. So I'm not like a cowboy or anything, but this illustration, you know, I went, I came from Nebraska, but you know, I came from Omaha, so it's it's a city. So I, I had a lot of friends, especially when I went to college, that for out west. And you go out west. We were just talk- Who were we talking about this with? I don't know. Somebody yesterday or day before. must have been Friday night. Yeah, it was Friday night at the 30s and 40s. We were talking about driving. They were talking about planes. And they were saying, ah, you guys got some, I mean, driving out in Nebraska, I mean, that's that can be boring, right? And I was like, "You ain't kidding." If you go out west in Nebraska on I eighty, I mean, it's just corn on both sides for hours. And yeah, if you're on a trip, a long trip, you better be rested, or have some caffeine or something, because that can be a really um, low key ride out there. But um, why was I saying that? The horse. Yeah, I mean, not, that's farming area. The, uh, you know, you have a lot of corn there. So, it, you know, in Oklahoma, there, there's a lot more ranching and everything there. But there's a lot of farms and things out western Nebraska, but I did not grow up on one of those. So I don't know a lot about this, but I do know enough to know that you put a bit in a horse's mouth, they can be rain-trained and different things, but this is giving the illustration that they are actually guided by a bit. And horses are big and strong, yet you just turn that in their mouth, and they start going this way, and James is saying that's like your tongue, your whole life can be turned by what you're saying in the right direction, another illustration, verse 4, look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires, so again, the ship is big, can be huge, can be a smaller ship, but it's turned by a relatively small rudder. Ship could be huge, and the rudder could be, you know, ten feet tall, but compared to the ship, it's it's really small. Well, that's like our tongue; it's relatively small, but we have authority, and it has our tongue, uh, our words have power, and we've talked a lot about that. Let's look at Mark eleven verse twenty-two. Another verse that we've um, gone over. Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So this is Jesus speaking. Let's go back verse, to verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. So he talked about this. You're believing God, and then you're saying what God said, what he's told you for your life, what he said in his word. You're decreeing it and declaring it because he gave gave men authority to do that. That's why in James, what you say is going to affect where you go because we have the authority to set our course. And so Jesus is saying... Have faith in God, verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever, so whoever does this, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So we're talking about faith in your heart, not just about somebody picking out, out some random thing that's crazy and just saying it and go, ooh, I said it. it's going to happen like it's a magic incantation. That's not what this is talking about. You're talking about things that God has said in His Word or spoken to your heart your heart truly by His Spirit for your life that you believe, so it's God-ordained. Now you're agreeing with it. You're saying, yes, I'm, I'm believing that. I'm speaking it. And so it's God's power then that helps that come to pass or makes that come to pass. We're not talking about us manipulating God. We're not talking about us making something up apart from God. What we're talking about is, you know, like we were saying in the offering, honoring God, going to him, and then whatever he said, that's what we're gonna say. Doesn't matter what we feel like, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what things look like, we're going to agree with him and we're gonna say, Because Jesus said let's read the whole all of verse twenty three again. For assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. See, faith is of the heart. They're not talking about just making something up. Believing in your heart. It says, but believes... Notice what you're believing. That those things he says will be done. What things we say will be done, he will have whatever he says. So if if we believe... Again, based on what God has said, based on uh, faith or, or, or because of faith in our heart. If we believe that what we say will be done, then we will have what we say. Let's read it in the NIV. Verse 23 says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen. well, how could you believe that what you say will happen if that? It's not the way it happened. We're not talking about something crazy. We're talking about what God said. Believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So notice that it says, like in the NIV, it says, if you believe that what they say, or if he believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So what is will be? Is that future tense, present tense, past tense? It's future So it's saying what you say, it's going to come to pass. What it's going to, that doesn't mean it's there right now necessarily. And so this is something that if we're not careful, that can trip you up because it can get you to back off and start saying something else. And start saying, start. So just like the rudder. This would be like you starting in a a direction. And like we've talked about before, if you're you're in a boat and you want to go, you know, you're going this direction, but you want to go there, this direction. You set a course. You turn the rudder so that the boat starts turning that way. And then you may have to go for a while before you actually arrive at your destination. Right? Right? We know, okay, this is, we know this. It's the same thing with your car. You know, we could use a steering wheel of a car just the same way. Let's stay on the boat thing. So if we turn and then we start going in a direction, we're talking about the power of the tongue and we're saying. So if we're saying, Jesus said, if you say, based on what he said, that you believe, you declare it and you say, that's what we're going to do. My family walks in love. And you're looking at your family and going, that is a lie. No, we talked about it last time. You're calling those things that be not as though they were like God. You're setting a direction that doesn't mean you arrive the next instant. Okay? You could look at your body and, and it is sick. And you say, no, by Jesus' stripes I am healed. Body, be well. Body, be strong. I don't put this up, but Joel 3.10 says, Let the weak say... Well, go ahead. It's down, it's down uh, further, down near the end, but just if you can put that up. Joel 3.10, near the end. This is talking about Israel. This, this um, applies. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. He just said they're weak. Let the weak, he's saying, gird yourself up. You, you're feeling weak, say, I'm strong. Amen. So we're, we're, what we start saying, we're believing God. God said something, so we say. We, we looked at the, the Israelites when they were going, they're supposed to go into the promised land. They're supposed to agree with God. God said, you can take it. And Joshua and Caleb's come, and said, come to the people and they said, God said, we can take it. We're well able, let's go. And everybody else said, we can't. No, we can't. And the, the majority sided in with the negative people. And so what happened was they didn't go in. But notice they were saying that God so, told you, told them, I have given you the land. Now, the people had an opportunity. He said it like that. I, you going into the land, I have given you. See, this is the way God talks. They, they were not standing in the land. They they were outside the land. God said, I have given it to you. But now the people had to agree with that and say, I'm coming. I'm going in. And they didn't. They said, we can't do it. They said, no, we can't do it. And they couldn't do it. Here it says, let the weak say I'm strong. You know what? You're you're agreeing with God and saying, no, I believe what God said. So your body could look like, no, it's not well. So you say and you agree and you believe on based on what God said. We have a series on healing on Wednesday nights right now. What the Bible says about it, not somebody's opinion. But we agree with what God said about it. And one of the parts, one of the ways you release your faith is you can speak. You have to act on your faith. One of the ways you act is you can speak it out. You declare it. No, I am well. Well, it may not look like that, but you're setting the, the, the course. You're charting the course. And so like the boat like the ship, if you turn the course, you turn your rudder and you start turning, number one, if it's a big ship and it's been going in a certain direction for a while, it could take a long time just to turn, let alone just to get going in the right direction. So if things have been going a certain way for a long time in our lives, it shouldn't be any surprise that stuff doesn't happen overnight. And if we're thinking that it should all the time, that's what can derail us. But notice... If we start, if we change, if we turn the rudder, we start going in the right direction. Now we're trucking. I guess that's the, that's mixed analogy now, you know, we're, we're sailing. (laughs) We're, we're sailing or we're, you know, got a powered ship, whatever we're going toward our destination. Now, what if it's a long way away? Like over the ocean, but we're going in the right direction. We've set our course. And what if we say this is taking too long? This is this is taking too long. And you and you turn the rudder and start going in a different direction. Are you going to get to where you set out to go? Not the way you thought. You've just changed direction again. Why? Well, we're not there yet. Jesus said if you if you say whatever you say, it will happen. And that can be exactly the challenge where people, they give up. They haven't seen it. Well, this stuff doesn't work. I I know God told me, but I'm not seeing it. And then start siding in with what they see, what they feel, and contradict what God has said. That's exactly, exactly like turning the rudder away from the destination. And if we do that, we're not going to see... What God has ordained and what he promised for us, just like the Israelites, you know, eventually they got in. Joshua and Caleb got in. But the rest of them died out there. Let's turn to Hebrews 10.23. Let's look at this. Because this is is the challenge. This is a challenge, a very big challenge. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast... "...the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." Now, talking about the confession, what you say concerning Jesus as Lord, literally talking about, don't turn away from that. You hold fast to your confession, for he who promised is faithful. In the Amplified uh, Classic, it says, "...so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope." Now, we've talked about this before. If you read hope in the Bible, it'll it'll help you immensely if you replace it with expect. Because with the way we, the way you and I, typically use hope in our common language is wish. Is that true? I sure hope so. You're not meeting you expect. You mean, I'm wishing. Boy, it'd be great if that happened. But you don't mean confidently expect, which is what this word means. If you look throughout the Bible hope is an expectation you could replace it i i expect this fully expect this to happen and so that'll help us because it's not something wishy-washy it's it's steadfast he said let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering well you can just read that part and realize this is a solid thing let us seize and hold fast And retain without wavering the hope, the expectation we cherish and confess in our acknowledgement of it. This is talking about you know the Lord God and you will, you know, eventually you're going to be in his literal presence in heaven. He's in us. He's he's with us now. But that we are saved. He said, confess that we, the the hope we cherish and confess in our acknowledgement of it for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to His Word. So just like we hold fast the confession of what Jesus as Lord, that's the same way you hold fast the confession of whatever He has already given, promised, provided in His Word. The same way that we, we hold on. In other words, you don't turn away from God. Your salvation's concern, but salvation is holistic. Everything that He has done, everything that He said is ours. We take a hold of it, we say it, and we don't turn from it. Amen. And notice, let's read this again with that mindset. Let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering. What's wavering? Changing directions, up and down. The hope or the expectation we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Let's read it in the NLT. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. What are we talking about when we say something jesus said if you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth You will have what you say. Okay, what do you do between the time? You're saying it you're believing number one You're believing god you're you're saying it that yes, I agree god. Yes, that's what's going to happen I'm agreeing with you until you get to the destination Well, one thing you for sure not not do We could talk about praising god and keep our eyes focused on him and all those things help for this But one thing you surely don't do is change directions and stop going on the same course. This is saying you hold fast. Hold tightly without wavering. Well, you don't have to hold tightly to something if 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 it just is sitting in your hand. If there's no challenge to holding. You know, if you're, uh, you know, on some kind of ride or whatever, I remember... See, this is not even, I don't they don't even have these, right, anymore at the, the playgrounds. You know, the merry-go-round that we would run around and then jump on. And How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. Everybody that's, you know, over a certain age now, it's like, no, it's too dangerous probably. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of us made it through. But, you know, if you get that thing going fast enough, you know, the force is trying to pull you, shoot you, you know, in a tangent from that spinning. You got to hold tightly. If you don't hold tightly, you're going to roll right off into whatever the dirt. I mean, it was hard dirt. When Sometimes you get like mulch and stuff. But a lot of times, you know, after it was out there and the... I'm not saying that's the best, but I'm saying that's the reality. Sometimes it was just uh, after it had been, you know, rained or whatever and been then hardened. It's just dirt. You don't want to fall into that. So if you don't hold on, you're, you're going to fly out. Right? So, you don't, you know, if, if you're not holding tightly, something's going to happen. Well, you don't... When it's, when it's still, you know, you're just sitting there chilling with your friends and talking. It's not moving. You're not like, well, hold tightly. Well, why? Hold on. Hold on to the rail and you're not moving. No, you wouldn't say that. You can do whatever you need to do. That would seem, you know, like anxious and why? But when the thing's moving you need to hold on well this is telling us to hold on is there any uh, pressure to let go is there any pressure to change direction yes that's why it says hold tightly well i just understand there's pressure i you know i'm going in this direction i'm i'm believing god i'm saying it you know but it hasn't happened there's pressure to quit there's pressure to start saying, nah, we'll never make it, forget it, I'm, you know, in whatever. Everybody experiences that pressure. Let's jump over real quick to, um... no, let's stay here for a second. Look at that in the NIV. <clears throat> it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope or the expectation we profess. For he who promises or promised is faithful unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. So one more thing about hope. We've taught on this for the whole, uh, you know, whole message or messages before. But just briefly, why would you expect something when we're talking about God? Uh, Hope, Bible hope. Is ex- expecting something. Why would you expect something biblically? It's because you've believed something. And if you go back further up the chain, it's because God has said something. See, Bible faith is not made up. You can't have faith for something that you just make up in your head. Faith in a person is based on what they say and their character, right? If you say, I have faith in that that person, that's because you've seen them. You you trust them, right? Well, with God, faith is based on his word, which is how you know his character. And if you've lived long and walked with him, then you have some testimonies and you know he came through here. He came through here. So you have history. But you can't base your faith on somebody's testimony you base your faith the bible says in romans 10 17 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god faith only comes by what he said that's how that's where your faith is well so if he said something and you believe it now you expect something that makes sense that's why you're expecting something is because you believed god And you believe God because he said in his word something that you have believed. And so you you are holding on to that. So now as we go down a path, I mean, we're talking about faith, but we're talking about releasing it through our mouth. When you start saying the word, the Bible is saying here, you hold unswervingly to the hope, the expectation. Well, you're going down a path. You're going down a path you expect to see something, just like you're going in the ship and you expect to get somewhere. Okay, so you hold unswervingly to that path. You expect to get there. You hold to that hope. You hold to that expectation. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. And he will come through. He will do what he said he will do. And he, you, you can have what he said that you have, even if you don't see it, if we'll stay with him and not... not uh, not swerve away, not give up. We keep saying, we keep declaring, we keep uh, uh, cooperating with Him until... Somebody said, until what? Until you don't have to believe anymore because it's standing in front of you. Amen. And see, that's, this is the fight of faith. This is, the, this is the fight. This is the battle right here. The greatest difficulty in any situation is not the circumstance... It is the fight of faith. It is to believe what God said and to act on it and to say what God said. You will have more challenge in this area than anything because if you believe God and you hold unswervingly to what he said and you declare it in your own life, there is no stopping it. So what is the push? What is the pressure? Get you off. Get you to change course. Get you to stop. Because if you start declaring the wrong thing, you for sure are going to start acting the wrong thing. You can't be saying the right thing and acting the wrong thing. You can't. If you start saying the wrong thing, you will start doing the wrong thing. If you're constantly declaring the wrong thing in your life, this goes naturally spiritually. This is a natural law. People do it all the time. You know, people say it like this. If you say you can't or if you say you can, you're right. You know, that's not somebody. something That's just tapping into a spiritual law. God set. he set it up that way. Yes, just in the natural, what you say you're going to hear and start doing. But there is much more at work there when you're talking about the spiritual laws in place because what we say is going to be put into motion. Look at, um. <clears throat> let's look at Psalm 103, verse 20. Now, before we go there, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. Sorry, I said the wrong one. Where do where we want to go? Oh, I skipped over it. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. Sorry, guys. I thought the one I was saying was this verse, but I was looking at the wrong one. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 12, beginning at fight the good fight of faith. Wonder why he said fight. Because there's no fight? Or there is a fight? There is a fight. I would love it if there was no fight. Wouldn't you? That's called heaven. Heaven. See, there, are, there, aren't, there is no, you're talking about in heaven, there are going to be things in the future. The Bible talks about there's going to be a new heaven, new earth. There is going to be another battle and whatever. But we're talking about when you're dwelling in heaven where God dwells, there is no devil there. There is no sickness. There's no disease. The Bible said there's no sorrow. There, there isn't any enemy to defeat when you're in heaven. But here there is. Some people act like there is no enemy. And like it's all God, whatever God decrees. There is a devil. The Bible clearly talks about there is Satan. He's called the adversary. That's what his name literally means. And he goes about stealing, killing, and destroying. And so there is a fight. What is the fight? See, Jesus has already defeated Satan. What's the fight? To declare what Jesus has already bought and paid for and say it and walk it out in our life. But if the enemy can get you to, to turn your rudder, to go in the wrong direction, then it's basically self-defeat. Now, there are pressure. There is pressure. There are circumstances. There, there is pressure, but Jesus said there would be pressure. You know, John 16, in this world, you will have tribulation or pressure. That word literally means squeezing, squashing. But he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But there is a fight. This is the Apostle Paul saying to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. We are going to have to fight. We're not fighting Satan. We're not fighting people. We are fighting to stay believing God and what God said in His Word and what He's provided for us that we take a hold of it tightly that we do not swerve either way and we say, that is what I will have in my life. I will finish my course. I will do what God has called me to do. I will partake of everything he's provided for me and I will not be moved off. That's the fight. The, Satan is trying to push Christians. If he can't keep you out of the family of God, then he's going to try to make us ineffective. Now, some of that is just ignorance, ignorance of the word. We don't know what belongs to us, what God has said. If you don't know, you can't take advantage of it. But then when we do, which is what we're talking about here, you set your course. You say, yes, I know God has said this. I'm setting my course. I agree with God. This will happen in my life. Now, the pressure is to get you to move off that. Change direction. Turn the rudder. Now, it doesn't sound like that. There's just pressure to say the wrong thing, to say whatever in a negative. And we talked about that. There's a, there's a pressure to get you to back off. And ultimately, yeah, of course, there, there's a devil that would try to push you away from God completely. But if he can just keep you in that middle ground, just keep you like, well, kind of try, and then you know, okay, another. Another illustration, if you started out in a direction, but you turn off course for a while, and then you turn back and get on, and then you turn off for a while, then you get on, you may never get there. You may be just covering the same ocean. Boy, it got quiet. (laughs) Or it may take you a really, really long time to get there. So that's that's what there there is a uh, a pressure to try to get us to agree with the wrong thing, to declare the wrong thing, to to stop believing and stop saying what God has said, and to back off and to get shipwrecked. But if we'll hold fast, then all the while God's word is working. Look at. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. It says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, you, uh, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. It says God's word. Of course, the angels heed the voice of God. But did you know that the angels, if your word, if, if God's word comes out of your mouth, so God, de- see, God decreed it. It's God's plan. He gave us authority to speak what he said. That's how authority works. Is that God, if God gave us something to do and we're his body on the earth, then he gave us the ability to carry it out. And so the angels, the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, they are ministering spirits to minister for those. I can't remember the end of the verse. That are Christians. So they're there to minister. The angels are heeding the command that we say. Because what we're saying is what God has said. God, It's like, if you're again, if you're in a company, if the CEO decrees something and says it, he doesn't have to go around and do everything. You have authority from the head of the company that goes down through the chain of command and somebody five levels down may be carrying it out, but they are doing it on the authority of the CEO. That's the way it operates. And that's the same way that it, that it is in the kingdom of God. God's plan is what's going to prevail. But he gets it done through his body on the earth. So he sets the course. He says what we can do. But we have, because Jesus has delegated that authority to his church. We have the authority to say what he said to get the job done. And the angels are there to help it be carried out on the earth. They're God's power to get things done. So when we see they will heed his word, they're heeding our word. They're making things happen. And so that doesn't necessarily, it's not that everything happens overnight, but we need to know stuff is happening that we can't see. We need to keep that in mind. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen. Tempting to look at just the things that are seen. And the world wants you to believe, the spirit of the world wants you to believe, that's all there is. This is it. But it's not all there is if we look at the word of God. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God's things, the spirit, the spirit realm existed before this natural realm. God created this natural realm. But the spirit realm affects this. We speak out, believe what he said, speak out, and things are happening to make, to cause things to come to pass that God ordained. And so we stay with what he said. We keep saying what he said. We keep believing what he said. We don't get pushed off when we don't see something. Look at Jeremiah 23, verse 28, just... Several verses that say the things that we're talking about. The prophet who has a dream, you got to go back up to Jeremiah 23 verse 28. There we go. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Let him speak my word faithfully. What is that? You, you, you speak What God said, now this is talking about in context, the, the prophet speaking his word. This goes for all of his word. When we know the word of God, we speak it as God says it. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord, is not my word like a fire. Look at this, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. God's word, you say his word, you say his word, you say his word. Things are happening behind the scenes because it's God's power. It's not us. It's God's power. We're agreeing with him. The angels are standing at attention to do his word, to carry out his word. And as we stay the course, stay in the direction that God has said, agree with the word, stuff is happening. That I love this this illustration. Like a hammer that's hitting the rock. Hitting the, it may look like nothing's happened, but there's a crack. And there's there's another crack. And if you've walked with God, you've seen it where it looks like nothing is happening. But you can't you stay on course. And I've seen this so many times the pressure to turn around is greatest when you're almost there. You know, if you could see, it's like there's fog and, you know, the ship is about to pull up and it's like you can't. You think no, we must be a thousand miles away and it's right over there. But the pressure to say we are not going to make it and turn your your rudder and turn your course and start going the other direction is greatest. Right before you make it. And what are we talking about? Holding fast, unswerving tightly. Oh, no, I'm not getting off now. Why would you get off? Think about this. Did God change? Did, is God's word different? Is his word to us different? If he's spoken something to your heart and, and you know it was him, I mean, you've got to test those things. You don't just pick something out of the air. But if he's spoken something in your heart that is based on his word, it will always agree with his written word. Never will God tell you something that you can find script to do in your personal life that that contradicts scriptures. If you can find scriptures to contradict what you believe God told you, it is not God. Period. But through his written word, by his spirit, if he has told you to do something, he doesn't change. If it was his plan, it's his plan today, the same way. And so we don't let go. We don't let up. We hold fast until. 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 Hebrews 10.35, let's close with this. At the end there. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance... So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You have need of endurance. It says don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your confidence. Now this could apply to anything. This is we're talking about faith. But when we're talking about it in context of you say what God said and you don't change your saying, you don't change the rudder. You say it, you don't cast away your confidence. What's confidence? Your expectation, your hope, your belief that's founded on your belief in God. It has great reward, and if you don't change, we'll live to see the reward. In other words, we'll see what he has said in his, it, to us because it says we have need of Endurance. Endurance like a fight you have to fight to stay in the game you have to fight to stay on course you have to endure we're not saying god is setting it up to make us uh wait we're saying we have pressure in this earth that we have to push through stay on but if we stay on if we say his word his word will come to pass because he is faithful